Welcome back to Totally Talking Sports. This is episode 49. Uh, it's a little different this week. No Timmy here. Timmy's uh, doing some training. He'll be back in two weeks. Uh, but right now, it's just me and Kyle. Kyle, how you been? Hey, man. I've been all right, man. Uh, so since we last talked, um, I've had a full week now under at my new job at Sinclair. Um, we did talk about it last time. I think it was on like day three or day four. Yeah. You know, a lot of training modules do. I told you guys, my uh, my trainer, Leslie, um, <laughs> absolutely a doll. I love this lady. She's one of the sassiest persons I've ever met. Um, Passive-aggressive minus the passive, you know what I mean? Oh, aggressive. Uh, yeah, yeah, she will tell you exactly what she's thinking right to your face, and she don't care. Um, so I love her for that. However, so on Sunday, um, you know, we're watching the morning games yeah. um, over there at Chad's house. Um, I get a text about Sinclair and you know, I'm like, well, what is this? Okay, whatever. I just, you know, I kind of ignored it because it was like, Hey, it's a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Hey, you know, like, what's this? And I'm still so new. I was like, it doesn't pertain to me. Cause I looked and it said, you know, like, you know, yada, yada security. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, no, going on Monday, dude, found out that somebody hacked the entire company. Oh Jesus. Um, so I don't know if it's every single location, but one of ours or ours is definitely one of them. Um, so, I mean, the only reason I'm talking about this too is because it's, it's been on the news now. We've talked about it. Um, I think this morning they talked about it specifically that it's ransomware. Mm. Um, you know, somebody hacked in and was like, yo, give us this money. And, uh, you know, we like, nah, homie. So yeah. we, we, we battle in it right now. Yeah, you battle in um, it. So we can't access a lot of our stuff right now. So, hey, we're doing a great job. I give my props to the fucking tech team. Um, with Sinclair because they are finding all these little loopholes to work around it to not get on the VPN like everything so um, we are able to do stuff right now I'll tell you dude I've never felt so lost in a job in my life because I can't help at all like yeah. they, have, they have something that is yeah. one of the biggest things that ever happened to them um, Leslie said in her 25 years she's never had this happen and it's like I'm there I'm like dude I want to help but I can't yeah there's you, know? little, you don't have any way to yeah. help them yeah because like they can't do stuff you know the people that have been there for years they can't do stuff but like you know they're able to understand like what they can try and do and i'm just over here like hey you i showed know? up today so yeah so like monday they had me deep clean um i shredded paper for about four hours Hell yeah. <laughs> um, i shredded a whole lot of paper but i mean it was just you know I, at least i felt a little bit helpful but the last three days i've been at home um, just kind of studying up on my training modules. Yeah. Now, hopefully tomorrow I can access stuff on my personal laptop to where I can try and help out and play some orders um, from my side. But overall, dude, it's been a fucking hell of a second week. Yeah, it sounds like. So you're probably having one of the more like exciting and crazy second weeks <laughs> yeah. that anyone has had at any job. Yeah, no, it's nuts, bro. And I, just, I feel bad for everyone because everyone is so stressed. At work. Yeah, I would be too. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> and like, so I kept making the joke too. I was like, dude, I've been here for five days and now people got my social security number. Like, <laughs> what's going on? But like, all of all that stuff is protected. So we got that, you know, like, we're good there. But um, it's just crazy, dude. So um, just kind of helping where I can. And I give my props, dude. The way they're handling this, I'm, like, I picture myself in like Starbucks. Mm. Oh, it would dude, just be a shit Starbucks show. would collapse with all the different personalities and everything that are there. But here, dude, everyone is so like family because they've been there for so long Yeah, that 
I mean, it makes me feel good about working for this company already, dude. Good. That makes me happy to hear. Yeah. But what about you? How you been? Uh, I've been good. Uh, I actually have to work at a different location uh, starting this week. It's for the next three weeks. I'm working out in Sun Valley. <laughs> I, I you're, you're back to that Liberty in Virginia. Yeah. Grind. So I, I've never, <laughs> I've never went to Sun Valley. I've always heard like, you know, all bad things about Sun Valley. And then I finally, uh, you know, got out there for my first day and I felt like I traveled back in time, especially working in, in a, in a bank. I feel yeah. like there should just be bars in front yeah. of me and everyone's going to walk in with a 10 gallon hat yeah. on. Every customer I help either doesn't speak six English. Shooter on their hip. Yeah, <laughs> everyone I help either doesn't speak English, speaks okay English, or is like the most white trash person I've met yeah. in my life. And it just kind of oh, it makes me feel so grateful for the location that I work at. There's also <laughs> four people that work at this branch. Well, it, it's, cra- it's it's crazy how like the world just kind of comes back around, right? Like, uh, yeah, you used to take tweakers and homeless people's money all the time for coffee. And now you're giving them money because they ask for it. Yeah. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, it's, it's fucking weird. <laughs> no, no one really has that much money, though. So it's yeah, all, yeah. You know, it's like, hey, can I pull out five bucks? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. It's, it's a lot. Uh, I haven't had anything too crazy happen, though. It's just been it, the most annoying thing is they don't have chairs. So I just have to stand all day, which sounds like a bitch complaint because it is a bitch complaint. But I, your boy wants to sit. Uh, so when I have to stand, I, I get a little step stool because that helps. Um, you know I would need that. Yeah, but otherwise I'm just standing around, and it's so dead. It's so fucking dead because there's like 20 people that live in fucking Sun Valley. And they don't have money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm just sitting around, not fucking doing anything, and then someone comes in. I finally get to fucking help them, and then they leave, and I'm like, well, what do I do now? Yeah. It's the whole thing. It's just so. It's just. An, it's an interesting experience. I'm grateful for the the new, you know, the the, the new opportunity, I guess, but. God, I just, I want to go home. That's <laughs> what I want to do. So yeah. uh, I've been doing fine though outside of that. Nothing crazy going on outside of, uh, outside of work. Um, so, I mean, let's just jump into it. Kyle, you got your, your sports news we didn't know we cared about. Yeah, dude. All right, let's kick it off. As always, it's just my go-to. It's the first one I think about. Now it's just routine. Kicking off with NFL. Um, Aaron Rodgers uh, ran for a touchdown on Sunday and was greeted by Bears fans, hitting him with the double middle finger, hitting him with the double bird. Um, which then he reacts by yelling, I still own you. Um, comes out days after and uh, says, I don't regret it. Yeah. So 100%. Yeah. Um, when, I, when that first happened, all I got was updates saying, Aaron Rodgers says, I still own you to fans. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, first off, true. But second, unnecessary. And then it came out that they were giving him the double birds. And so I was like, oh, yeah, dude, fuck those guys. Dude, I've no, never hated not. Bears fans more than that moment. So... And Rodgers, keep doing you. And then, obviously, we have our football episode, so I don't have too much. So I want to kind of go over the power rankings. I, I'll i be honest, I didn't even know NFL had power rankings. Yeah. I've never seen them before. So uh, just kind of go over these. I um, want to hear your thoughts. Cardinals, one. Yeah. Bills, two. Mm-hmm. Bucks, three. Cowboys, four. Ravens, five. Packers, six. Rams, seven. Chargers, eight. Chiefs, nine. Titans 10. So, yeah, the Chiefs are definitely way too high. Um, yes. Chiefs Wait. Were, the Chiefs are too high. I, I never, I never, I, I never know how you, how you mean this. So, uh, so, okay. So, power rankings right now is like how they've performed to this point of the season and the form they're in right now is not good. Okay. So, you're saying 
the number should be higher? No, the number should be lower. They should be lower on this list. Or they, yeah, they should be higher number than nine. So, like, you're talking teens? Yeah. Okay, they yes. Should, yeah, they, okay. Should, they should be <laughs> okay, on this list. They should be underneath the Titans. Okay, because the way I look at it, right, is when I go one through ten, but I have it listed, I see them as, like, their position, yeah. like, their column should be higher. So, yeah. When, when, when you say higher number, okay. When I say higher, I mean, if you make this list... This is some great semantics for everyone listening. I know you love this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I say higher on the list, I mean higher n- actual number. No, I mean if you make a list and put one to thirty-two, and it's just up vertically. Yeah. Take that team, move them up on the list. Yeah. 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 So higher number in reality means a lower number. Yeah. But yeah, we're, okay. we're, we're, I think we this is great because I think we think the exact same way about this. Okay, and wait, we're going to spend okay. five minutes on this. Okay, so now, so what you're saying is the Chiefs should have, they should be up higher. So no, they, the, the Chiefs should be lower on the list. Okay, so you said, so you said higher. Because now I said, you're saying I said a higher number. Okay, okay, okay. I thought guys, you were okay. confused about so this. So we're on the same page here now. Yeah. <laughs> it just took us six minutes to find that out. Yeah, I will okay. probably cut that out. So 100%, I agree. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs should not even be in the top 10. Yeah, it, they it, are three and three, or two yeah. and two, or whatever. No, they're three and three. Three and three, um, and they don't look good. And they've lost to the other top teams. They lost to the Ravens. They yep. lost to the Chargers. They yep. lost to the Bills. Yep. No, no, they haven't played the Bills. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Those are the three losses. Yeah, that was the Monday night. And those game. are the other three, or Sunday night. Yeah, game. and those are the other three contenders in the AFC. If you can't beat the other contenders in the AFC. You shouldn't be in the top yeah, ten. Yeah, it's it's also the only team in the division that is anything lower than second in their division, and they're last. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're getting a lot of fucking credit because it's because it's the Chiefs. the Chiefs. Yeah, but no. So that that one right there upset me. Me personally, I don't think the Packers should be higher than the Chargers um, for the way they've been playing. Oh, the that's, Chargers, that's fair. and again, that might be biased because I, I pick apart my team, but we've been winning. But I do not think we look good. Mm-mm. I think it's because of how brutal that loss was to the Ravens. Yeah, that's that fair. They dropped yeah, us that a lot of spots bad. because of how bad that loss was. Because we were probably sitting top five. That's fair. And I think Bucks are a little too high. Yeah. They've had some sloppy uh, Again, wins as it's well. the same thing with the Chiefs. They're going to get benefit of the doubt because it's the, yeah. Tom Brady and the Bucks. Okay. Um, but other than that, moving on, just kind of go to MLB. Just go over the playoffs a little bit. Let's start off with the ALCS. Ugh. Um, right now, series... Disgusting. Hold on. Sorry, I gotta refresh my page. I had, I had the old one up. It's 3-2. Um, yeah. Houston up 3-2. I literally don't think anybody in the world wants to see this happening right now. It's fuck shit. Um, but, let's talk about your, uh, your Red Sox. Make a postseason history on game yeah. two. Fucking two Grand Slams back-to-back back back innings. innings. Grand Slam the next game. <laughs> we looked fucking great, and then we should've fucking won game four. We were up 2-1. In the series, we should have won game four, tied 2-2, going into the fucking top of the eighth, and then Nathan Eovaldi, so you're one of our fucking aces, just gives up a fucking four spot in the top <laughs> of the eighth, go down 6-2. We're not coming back from 6-2 in two innings, you dipshit. Yeah, no, that was a very uh, hard one to see. Yeah, and then we got our asses handed to us in game five, and we lost fucking 9-1. to Yeah. And now, if, if, you know, if we're going to lose... Let it be a bad loss. Get it out of the system, and then move on next game. Right? That, I'm I'm fine with that. Dropping a close game at home fucked us in this series. And 
I 100% agree Fuck this in the whole series. And, and that might be the biggest pivotal point for that series. Um, Fucking evil. Now, I would like to say it's been a great series just because it's 3-2, but... Blowouts. Blowouts. So that makes it hard to watch. So, I mean, it depends on who you are watching the game. Um, kind of depend on that one. But, overall, been a good series. Back and forth. Obviously, I want the Red Sox to win. Um, but let's move on to the NLCS. Man, I don't even remember where did the call. The check swing call. Was yeah. that on the last episode? Or was that... That was like the day after, right? I, I couldn't remember. Let's talk about it anyways. So, yeah. the check call, the check swing call. <sighs> regardless, I, it's a bad way to end a game. But I, but I don't think... Even the Giants manager said... That's not why we lost the game. No, 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 hundred percent. I awful I way to on, end it. I went on Facebook and posted like almost immediately after and said, "Hey, the guy was zero and seventeen against Scherzer. He had a .083 batting percentage in the postseason, and he had a single that day. So some, I mean, some could fight it and say, well, he already had a single that day. He was on fire that day. No, 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 no one hit. That was him getting his hit for the next eight games out of the way, right? Yeah. So." No matter what it was, I honestly think the Dodgers would have won that game. But it's not even a bust, in my opinion, on the ump that saw it. Yeah. To me, it was a bust on the fact that there was no style of review. You know, like, I, I get it because they, you know, one of their biggest excuses is we can't review every play. Like, you know, the game's already three hours. Like, it would be even yeah. longer. But it should be, you know, like, if that would have happened in the first inning... People have been like, oh, fuck you. That was a bad call. But when it is a game decision call, there should be a fucking review for that. Yeah, it's kind of like how the N- the, or the NBA, well, so, I mean, NFL, every close play is reviewed Yeah. in the last two minutes. And the same thing in the NBA. In the NBA, they won't review an out-of-bounds call on, you know, a third quarter, three minutes in. Yeah. But they'll review if it was out of bounds in the last two minutes of the game kind of a deal. So yeah, it's, because it's, it's, just, it's just pivotal, man. And like, and don't get me wrong. Again, like I said, I think it wouldn't have changed the outcome. But, dude, I, I played baseball for like eight years, and that was always a thing. It didn't matter if you were down zero balls, two strikes. It takes one pitch. Yeah. It takes one pitch to change a game, right? I mean, look at fucking Bellinger. I mean, now obviously it's Bellinger, but they're down by three. Right or down by two, and he hits the three man home run, and then uh, fucking Bookie Mets hits it in the ninth. Yeah, Bookie Mets take that to take that Mookie bets. Holy <laughs> shit, Mookie! God damn it! Whatever, guys, you already know who it is talking. All right, but um, you know, all it takes is one pitch to completely change the game. So there will always be that what if, you know, and especially if I'm a fucking Giants fan. Oh yeah, I don't care. I know that my team. Lost in a thousand different ways that game. But that way. Man, I was so fucking heartbroken for Ryan. Yeah. You know, that dude to the Giants, diehard fans. So to see it go that way, that was hard to watch. But moving on from that one is what it is. Can't change the past. Dodgers and Braves, hmm. not what I've been expecting. No. Blowing them out, dude. 3 I, I, mean, I didn't right expect the, the Braves to beat the Brewers. None of us did. Yeah, I know. I did think the Brewers were going to take it. But even then, it was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, you pulled one on them. But, dude, the Dodgers look so good. And, like, dude, they're they're going to lose this series. They're going to choke and lose this series. Yeah, it's not looking pretty for the Dodgers right Yeah, because the Dodgers' only win, too, was uh, a 6-5. It was a hella close one. You know, yeah. it, it, was the one, it was the one where Bellinger yes. 
and uh, Mets. Yep. Came back. Belly and Mets. Belly and Mets, man. Um, came back to win it. So, I mean, it should have been a sweep on that series, but I don't know. That, that's that been a crazy series. At, right now, Dodgers up 6-2 in game five. So, okay. bring it back. You can hopefully. Almost solidify that. Going bottom six. So, you can hopefully bring it back to 3-2, switch momentum, see how it goes. Oh, they're down 6-2. No, they're up 6-2. Oh, yeah. Going into the bottom of the six okay. at home. So, they can hopefully take the series to three to two. Oh, oh okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Take the series to three to two. Um, and then try to just shift, shift momentum for the rest of the, the series, I guess. Yeah, dude. Because that's going to be a hard one, man. That'll be a hard one to come back from. But there's a team that can do it. I think it's going to be the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving on to NHL. Uh, San Jose Sharks forward Evander Kane suspended 21 games by NHL for established violation of COVID-19 protocol. He faked his papers, right? Uh, Yeah. Um, they don't even have any uh, mandates in the NHL league or in the San Jose um, like uh, franchise. And he still submitted a fake ni- uh, COVID-19 vaccination card um, just because of how strict the uh, um, uh, restrictions are. Yeah, yeah like how strict the restrictions are um, for the non-vaccinated players. And I'm surprised it's only 21 games. I would have thought that would be like... That's a federal crime. Yeah, exactly. Like, it literally is a federal crime. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I thought it was going to be like, motherfucker spending the whole season, this gets is, fined this much. This is why people that don't like sports will never like sports, is because shit like that ha- this happens, yeah. and it's like, yeah, but he, ma- he makes some really good plays with the stick, yeah. so... You gotta give him some credit here. Yeah, dude. I mean, I mean, and obviously, Vander Kane, he's an amazing player, so that's not someone that they would want to lose. So I'm sure a lot of strings were pulled, but yeah, 21 games. I mean, that is that is nothing. That is nothing. So yeah. that blew my mind. Anyway, um, NHL player Jimmy Hayes, widow, says that she is shocked after the cause of his death. So I don't know if you guys remember Jimmy Hayes. Um, died a few months back. I think it was like three months ago. Well, the uh, autopsy report came out, and it was a mix between fentanyl and I think like minor uh, traces of cocaine. And, dude, fentanyl is something that is, it, I mean, it's coming, and it's coming hard, dude. Like, addicts cannot handle it. It hits harder than any other drug that is on the street. Like, you know, it won't make you go basalt crazy like basalts or, you know, go all methed out like meth, but... It will, uh, it will just fuck you up and give you the highest high that you've ever had, and it's been deadly because people have been so many people have been ODing from it. Yeah. Um. So his dad made a statement and said, "I hope giving getting Jimmy's story out there can save someone's life. Um, if this can save someone from the pain, great. It's just so sad. I pride myself on being pretty mentally strong. I'm a street guy, but there's been just no formula for this." You have a beautiful all-American boy who made a terrible mistake, and it costed him his life. Um, so his wife says that she had no idea that anything was going on. Um, he actually got addicted to some painkillers because of an injury in the past, and his dad had addressed it and like, "Hey, you know, you're acting out of sorts. You know what's going on?" And he goes, "No, I'm good." And like a month later, it was like, "Yeah, dad, I got, I've got a problem. I need yeah. to get this handled." So they went to rehab, kept him in the hush hush, and. You know, his wife was just so positive that this wasn't going to be the reason, and boom, it just just kind of happened. You know, so it's always crazy rough. that it happened that way. It's always rough with with 
when it's something like that. Like I feel like it was the same thing with like um, Jose Fernandez, the Marlins yeah. pitcher. Yeah, when it dude. was like, yeah, he died in a boat crash, and everyone's like, whoa, that's crazy. And then it was like, oh, they were heavily intoxicated. Like there was a yeah. lot wrong with the actual boat ride, and that's why. And it's like, uh, kind of like it puts a stain on it how it ends. And it's like you don't you don't ever want it to end that way. So it's fucking sad. And like, dude, it just it. You know, it brings people back to Earth to remind them that these aren't superhumans. No. You know, it was like Kobe. Dude, find out that Kobe died in a fucking helicopter crash? Yeah. Dude, I was stunned, right? Because this is somebody that you go, oh, like, you know, he's just one of those people that you think is invincible. He was going to live until he was 80. Bill Russell's 108. Not really, but like he looks <laughs> No, yeah, yeah. But it's like, dude, like like athletes just specifically, dude, they either die from head trauma and you go, oh, okay, that makes that sense. Makes sense yeah. You know, a drug overdose, you go, okay, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, they're, they, they blew all their money now they're broke. But, dude, like when you see somebody just as successful as Kobe go down that way, you go, whoa, dude, these guys aren't invincible. No. It's crazy to me. Yeah, they, they, it's rough. And so it's the same thing with that. Like, just to see somebody, you know, that was such a good player have a drug addiction that they struggled with, you know, that people just didn't really know about, just reminds you, dude, it doesn't matter who you are. You can have addiction is fucking a hell of a disease, man. Um, all right, then uh, Ben Simmons, he's going to be losing some money, huh? Um, I deleted the, the link to it. Um, but, dude, this dude... Got uh, sat out of like the four practices or whatever, or got suspended. No, well, he was, was sitting out, and then he finally showed up to training camp. And then he got suspended for game camp, one. Just practices, yeah, right. So he got suspended for game one because he threw a fucking temper tantrum. Yeah, threw a temper tantrum. They said that it's estimated he's going to lose about two hundred and sixty thousand dollars for sitting out that game. Mm-hmm. And then the three or four preseason games that he sat out, um, they said it was estimated he was losing about three hundred thousand dollars each game yeah. for four games. Sounds about right. They make a lot for preseason shit. Bro, that's, that's, that's what I'm reading the stats and I'm going, what in the living fuck, dude? Yeah, this dude all, lost over a million dollars in his five games that he sat. Yeah, that, yeah, it's crazy. That I feel zero sympathy for Ben Simmons. So I've never really liked Ben Simmons, even when he came out of college, because he was just like a, a little bitch about everything. Like he didn't qualify for any awards list because he didn't have good enough grades. You're a basketball player in college. You don't take classes, really. So what are you yeah. doing to not get good grades? And when you're good, good, that head coach is going to pull strings to get you those grades. Yeah, and he was <laughs> the star player at LSU, number one pick in the draft. So it was like, yeah. yeah, you just show up to class and you get an A. You don't show up to class, you get an F. Like, what? there's no in-between. Like, So I already didn't like him because of that. And then just the drama that's unfolded, it's in particular this offseason with him thinking he's such a bigger star than he really is. And now you look at it, and it's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that he's acting like this. He shows up to practice. He practiced with a, his phone in his pocket, just had his phone in his sweatpants pocket throughout practice. Yeah, sure, that's, that makes sense. Then he throws a fucking temper tantrum, and he gets kicked out of practice. And they say, like, oh, he's got a sore back. Like, I don't know why they're trying to make it seem better for the guy. Yeah. They, they You know, they go ahead and they they uh, kick him out of practice. Joel Embiid said, he doesn't want to be here. I don't know why he's here. Yeah. Like, just make, let him leave. He's, if that's he, what he wants to do, let him leave. Yeah, he, he said, I'm not a babysitter. Yeah. 
And, it's, and it makes sense. Like Joel Embiid's like, listen, this dude is good at basketball and that's fantastic, but I, we don't need this distraction here. Yeah. Trade him away. Give me anything else. Get his contract off the books. We can go get a free agent. Yeah. I don't care, but don't like, he doesn't need to be here. It doesn't help the situation at all. Yeah. And when we've been tracking this whole thing since the start and it seems like he's just made every wrong choice since then. And who wants him now? Yeah. If, if like, if you're going to play this way and you don't want to be in Philadelphia anymore, that's fine. Go prove you should be somewhere else. Make another team want to make an offer. Yep. No one's going to want to trade for you now. You're going to get cut and make no money. Yep. And Jason Jason Kelsey from the Eagles. Uh, I don't know if you saw his little thing. He commented on it and he said, you know, he, he, you know, I, not word for word, but he pretty much said, hey, it's, it's it's just ridiculous. You know, he goes, you gotta you gotta hold yourself accountable. You know, he goes, if you play better, the city will love you. Easily. He, he goes, but you're just not playing better. No. You know, and with all of this drama going on, he pretty much said there ain't no coming back from this. No, there's nobody, not. nobody wants you there. The team doesn't want you. The fans don't want you. And now, fucking, no other team's gonna want you. No, it, they go. Yeah. Who the fuck is that bag of toxic? Like, I don't want that guy. Yeah, and like he can try to make an argument of like, oh well, I'm only acting this way because I don't want to be here. And it's like, right, but how do I know that if I trade for you, you're not gonna act the same way if you don't love the situation? Yep, it's stupid. He, he's a piece of shit. Um. Nice. Ex NBA star Delonte West. Hey, he's doing good, right? Uh, arrested in Florida God for drunkenly banging on police department doors and resisting officers one year after the Mavs owner, Mark Cuban, helped him get into rehab. Um, he was so banging well. on the glass of a local precinct. <laughs> he walked up to the precinct, started knocking on the glass. With open containers of beer and vodka. God, we were all rooting for you, <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, his mugshot, not appealing. He looks like he would ask for five bucks from your bank. He probably looks like he did when he got arrested <laughs> in the first place. He was just laying in the middle of the fucking street. Yeah, no, bad look for Delonte West. Um, God just damn it. Have you <laughs> just to hit you with that curveball, that was funny. Fucking Delonte. Um, and then, man... The Bucks' 21 or 2021 championship rings. Holy hell, did you see them? Yeah. Fucking beautiful. You can pop it off, make it a necklace. Uh, wow, dude, these rings are getting out of hand. Yeah, th- they won't stop ever. That, this it's is just, just going to keep getting this bigger. This is how it's going to keep working. They're going to get bigger and bigger, and they're going to get more diamonds, and they're going to get more cool features. Someone's going to have a fucking Flava Flav size spinner yeah it's a yeah. spinning ring and i can't wait for it yeah i was gonna say in 20 years i see it just it's just a full-on brass knuckles at this point yeah it's just it goes over all four fingers it's fucking gigantic yeah, lebron is gonna have like more yeah yeah, than, yeah. look at the brady dude brady's yeah. got fucking seven of them and he came in he, he goes like this and it just you can't even see the the, the eighth yeah, they overlap each other yeah, yeah. um but yeah, I mean, any other things about NBA, really? Any scores you want to go over? Anything? Opening weekend, or well, opening uh, games happened. Uh, Lakers are trash. Um, Celtics also hey, whoa, lost. Whoa, whoa. LeBron AD looked really good. Yeah, and Russell Westbrook put up six points. Um, so that, hey, that he beat solid. himself up for it. Okay, that 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 makes me feel better. <laughs> um, Celtics lost a thriller in New York. Uh, double overtime, Man. double overtime, and neither team missed a, a three the entire first overtime. Just so it was, yeah, but just the events to get it to the first overtime. Oh yeah, Jalen Brown's deep oh, three, Marcus Smart three at the buzzer. It was a great way to end the game. Um, I got annoyed because Evan Fournier 
made all the threes. And I said, Oh, that would have been great last year when you played for the Celtics. <laughs> that would have been great. Uh, he put up like a max of 20 points all of last season. He put up like 40 last night. Uh, good news is Jalen Brown went for like 46, which is the most by a Celtics player in their, uh, in a season debut ever. Uh, and Jason Tatum shot like three of 30. So if they can, if, I mean, he, that's not a consistent thing for Jason Tatum. He will shoot better. Jalen Brown keeps playing that way. I mean, that's the best young duo in the NBA, probably. Um, other than that, uh, Suns Nuggets had a really good game. And the Bucks beat the Nets pretty easily. Uh, with no Kyrie, I think that makes the most sense. Uh, that game's only going to be competitive if the Nets are at full strength, which they won't be unless Kyrie gets vaccinated or uh, by some miracle a mandate gets lifted in the state of New York, which probably won't happen. Yeah. So I imagine that the Nets will just be playing at almost full strength, but uh, it's kind of rough. The, the Bucks still looks great. And then, so what? What are your opinions on the uh, the Bucks losing to the Heat? That was just getting their what, was that today or was that preseason? In. No, that was uh, today. Yeah, they lost ninety five to one hundred thirty seven. That's gross. God damn, that was I didn't realize. Kyle that, Lowry makes that big of a difference. I didn't realize man. that was like today, today. I didn't realize that. Tyler that. Hero had uh, twenty seven. Oh yeah, Tyler Hero is gonna start playing good basketball, huh? Yeah, he, he <laughs> good for him. He was their uh, their uh, leading, leading scorer. They yeah. don't have anybody else that scores. Yeah, Butler had twenty one. Kyle Lowry probably played okay. Adebayo had twenty. Yeah, see, I don't know. There's gonna be games like that that happen, um, especially on that game was in Miami. It looks like oh yeah yeah sorry game, game sorry. was in Miami yeah. so Milwaukee just played at home had their ring ceremony had their banner ceremony coming on they're gonna play a emotional game they're gonna win a tough battle against the Nets it wasn't that tough but like you're still playing one of the better teams in the NBA then you go play Miami and you kind of probably take the night off a lot of guys probably did um, I imagine Giannis probably went for like 28 um, which sounds like a lot but it's probably an off night for him um, 15 okay that's that's why they lost. Yeah. Um, yeah. He did not was he their leading score? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's why they lost. Uh, yeah, they, they have a good team in, in Milwaukee. It's still they're probably favorites to repeat. I would imagine. Uh, yeah, I don't have any other games really. Yeah. No. I, uh, other I, than DeAndre Ayton not getting a contract extension offer from the Suns. Oh, so. oh did you see fucking uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking Morant. It's fucking John Alley Hoop. Oh. No. Oh, it was sexy, dude. Threw it up one-handed alley-oop. It was nasty. Um, no. But other than that, I didn't really watch too much uh, basketball. I just had a lot going on with work and stuff. Yeah, there's there's more going on than opening day basketball. Yeah. It's kind of like that's when fair. hockey starts. Exactly, and that's why this I didn't have any... Uh, I watch basketball on Christmas and then closer to the end of the season. All right, all right. That's your little marker. I like that. Well, I mean, I watch basketball all the time, but... Yeah, yeah, but like... Like, those are the games where I'm like, I gotta watch these games. Yeah. All right, uh, moving over to boxing. Um, Tyson Fury will disown his brother, Tommy Fury, ah. um, if he loses to the now agreed-upon fight between Tommy Fury and Jake Paul. Makes sense. He's still not fighting an actual boxer. Yeah. Um, sure. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Tommy Fury... Wasn't I mean, his, I, I still think he's he has to have an advantage. His I mean, fight it, on that card was dog shit, right? When he fought on the same card that Jake Paul fought on, it yeah, was like an so, awful fight. And he got to get on that card, like 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 he was able to get on that card. It wasn't like a oh shit, yeah, sign another big name guy. No, you know, it, was it was like oh, I guess we'll give this guy a fight because his brother's Tyson Fury. Yeah, 
Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see, dude. I would assume he's training with Tyson. Um, if my brother said he'll disown me if I lose, it's probably going to make me want to win. So, I don't know. Let's, let's stay tuned for that. I love the, is that his quote? Or is that from Tyson Fury? Tyson Fury will disown but was brother But was Tommy. the quote of, if my brother said he disowned me, that'd probably make me fight harder? Was that just you oh, saying no, that? Oh, no, no, yeah, that was just me. Okay. Yeah, I was, was like, if that was a quote, that's... I already think he's going to lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, over in the WNBA. Uh, no one cares. Uh, hey, dude, you didn't know that you cared about this. I don't. Uh, Chicago. Because I know what you're talking about. Chicago rallies past Phoenix to win the first WNBA crown. Uh, Sky's uh, Kalia Copper, named MVP. Um, sh- uh, Chicago Sky coach James Wade says the WNBA finals Win is for every young black kid that comes up behind me that you prejudge. Hmm. Probably a more powerful statement from like a LeBron than from... <laughs> she got paid probably 50 grand this year. So it's not really that impressive. Um, <laughs> you, it's not really, it doesn't motivate me a lot. It's uh, cool. I could also be a champion in a sport where I get paid nothing. <laughs> Oh, man. It's true, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, their season was two months long. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. There's eight teams. So. Yeah. Oh, it's like the XFL league. Yeah. It, it's oh, not a yeah, long he's... season because there's not a lot of play. Maybe if they want to, like, expand it more and make it a longer season. It's not like all these women that come out of college basketball don't want to play in the WNBA. They just can't afford to have more teams because they lose money. I mean, that's fair, dude. It that? sucks. I would love for the WNBA to be good. I would love for it to be good. But, yeah, it is not. But that's what it comes down to, right, is the, oh, you know, the WNBA, like, they get paid so much more or less than, like, NBA, and it's men versus women, and it's like... Revenue. You have to understand, it's the revenue. It's the NBA, how much the NBA brings in versus WNBA. The NBA pays for the WNBA. And the WNBA doesn't make money. <laughs> like, the NBA pays out of pocket and does all these promotions for the WNBA. NBA players have to promote the WNBA. I also never get over it because they don't understand when they're being respected. So it makes it even harder. Someone will tweet about, like, there was a viral tweet that went, it was from years ago that Iggy, Andre Gudawa tweeted, and he was like, oh, number whatever on this team is nice with it. And then she replied to the tweet and said, I have a name. If you don't know it, maybe you should, shouldn't watch. Obviously, he doesn't just not know your name. He was just giving you props, and you still shit on him. This is why no one takes you seriously. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it'd be like us like going, oh, man, that number 12, he's a bad motherfucker. There are on the, the, you know, on the exact box or whatever. same thing with college athletes that play football. Yes, yeah, especially. And people tweet at him and say, oh, this guy and this number on this team is nice. And then they respond and say, that means so much. Thank you. Because obviously it's a compliment. They're not disrespecting you just because you're a woman. They're just trying to give you props and you still shit on them. And your sport is not good. It's not fun to watch. It's not fun to watch. And it doesn't make yeah. any money. Yeah, when, when, the, when the final score of a championship game is like 75 to 60. <laughs> no, yeah. it's not. And if a game was close and it was good and it's competitive, and I'm like, that's great. You know what it reminds me of? A high school state championship game. And guess what? I don't care that much about a high school state championship. Game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, for those of you fans of ours that didn't know you cared about it, there it was. You still don't. If you still don't fucking care about it, boy, you heard it here. So <laughs> there's that. Um, but that wraps it up for this week's Kyle Sports News that you did not know that you cared about.
Beautiful. All right, guys. We have a very special episode this week, a very special guest, our second ever interview, uh, our first big time interview. Uh, we got Sullivan Colley on, professional fighter, fought in Bellator, just have, coming off a huge win. Uh, so we hope you guys enjoy that interview. All right, Sully, it's great to have you on the podcast. We were chatting a little bit before we are g- we're going to get started. Uh, you're saying we're feeling too great, but feeling a little bit better, right? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot on the system, cutting weight, fighting, then I hadn't had to drop alcohol in nine weeks, and you go you out drinking. <laughs> it's, a little con- it's a confusing cocktail, I think, for the system. So I'm starting to feel <laughs> yeah, same right. Story. Hey, well, that's good, man. And I just want to, I just want to make sure, cause I've been hearing it from different people. Right. So I told you, you know, I'm friends with Caleb and stuff. Your last name is pronounced Collie. Collie. Yeah. Collie. Okay. And I was like, Caleb, I was like, is it Collie or Collie? And he goes, well, I don't know. I was, like, I was like, you don't fucking know. He's like, yeah, I got no idea. I was like, all right, all right. I want to make sure I get <laughs> yeah. the last name. Like, my coach, Dan Brandt still pronounces my last name wrong all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I just wanted to kind of kick it off. Just, uh, I think we'll just start kind of with just your last two fights, you know, uh, just kick it off with those before we kind of dig in anything more um, deeper with like you as a fighter and everything. Um, man, your, your first fight, huh? I mean, so I know you fought in a bunch of other uh, like fighting organizations and everything, but as far as Bellator, you look pretty damn good, my man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a bunch of amateur fights um, like on top of the amateur wrestling experience. But uh, Bellator, that first Bellator fight was my first pro fight. So that's a big step up in and of itself. And then also Bellator is by far the biggest show I've fought on. So that was a big step up in pressure and, you know, atmosphere, the whole thing. And uh, to come out and just like sleep a guy with one punch is pretty surreal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my notes on here is that, you know, 28 second, you know, TKO, which I mean, damn near knockout. But some could argue that you beat the guy with one arm behind your back. I mean, you only threw a right yeah, punch. Right hand. You know, you, you didn't even use your left hand. You just yeah, failed on him with the right I don't hand. think of myself as being, like, obviously I'm right-handed, but I don't think, like, I think of myself as, like, a pretty balanced, like, puncher. I have a good left hand, too. But, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of saw red started hucking right hands. <laughs> yeah, just laying down the right hammer, dude. I loved it. Um, and then uh, we did notice uh, that you attempted that backflip. Yeah. You know, uh, caught yourself, caught yourself, you know, and my, my, my question was how embarrassed, you know, could you possibly be after just beating somebody up in 28 seconds? I mean, you, you couldn't have been uh, that yeah. embarrassed. No. Right? Uh, yeah. If I had a landed on my head, I probably would have been a little embarrassed, but like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. The thing You're is I can, I swear to God, I can do a backflip. I just, I <laughs> after the last one, so I didn't want to try it. Um, yeah. but like I, I was like, I was super pumped and I was kind of walking forward when I hit the backflip and my, this girl, I know Dan, Danny's daughter does gymnastics. All right. It should be better now. All right. There we go. Okay. So you were saying that, uh, his, his, his daughter's a gym gymnast. Yeah. She kind of learned, like technically with me what I did wrong on the backflip. Um, we've gotten it tightened up then, but I don't like practice it very often because I'm worried yeah. about herself. So I like really the only time I try to throw it is right after a fight. <laughs> yeah, it's a good time but, to throw uh, it. Between the first Bellator fight and the last one, I fought at a, like a pro am uh, kickboxing tournament and uh, knocked the dude out in the finals, and I landed the backflip. So I can okay, still, there we go. I can still do the backflip. Yeah. <laughs> 
Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I'd give it a solid 7.8 with all things considered after after a fight, a little probably a little winded and everything. I'll still give it a 7.8. Okay. Yeah, and then, um, you know, we, me and him were talking about it earlier, too, and we thought it was funny. You know, Logan mentioned it, you know, that you, you got this vicious right, but you were uh, a left-handed uh, – Left-handed batter. Yeah, left-handed batter in high school, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, my dad just started me out hitting left-handed just because – you know, they're more right-handed pitchers, so it's kind of a just a statistical sure. advantage, you know? Hey, dude, yeah. well, that's, yeah, that's badass, though. I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah, I would probably do that for my son, too. I mean, makes there, sense. I think there are, a lot, there, there are a lot of good hitters who have been righties who have hit lefty, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's, and it's also like you can open yourself up to switch. If, you, if you're a natural righty yeah. swinging left, you can easily Isn't switch Caleb, to right. Isn't Caleb Foster – Right-handed thrower, left-handed hitter as well. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, your uh, your second fight, four minutes, 59 seconds. You know, they stopped you um, with one second left in the round. And, I mean, I was watching some interviews, you know, on the fight after and all that, you know, because you, you were you were doing amazing, right? Like, I think you were outperforming him in pretty much every aspect. He got a, got a takedown like a minute in, but I think you jumped right back up, didn't let him hold you down, and you were, la- you were landing some nasty kicks to the body. But what nobody commented on, I think, was just uh, you landed a beautiful knee like three and a half minutes in. And I think, for me, that was the point that really just really rocked him and started to make him more cautious with his approach. Um, so that was amazing to see because, you know, again, I haven't, you know, hadn't watched one of your fights at this time, so made sure it was a big event. You know, Caleb came over to watch the fights. And so it was really cool to kind of, like, see that happen. And then you finish it off with that nice counter, like, overhood overhand like right hook um that kind of like just solidified it do you think that the knee was the biggest part for that round or do you think it was just kind of honestly everything it's tough to say um especially when you're like when you're thrown to the body like you're never quite sure how much it hurts you know like if you hit somebody in the head and you see them wobble that's kind of like there's no denying that but um, sometimes you can hurt a guy to the body and you can kind of poker face it and you don't really notice it I mean, I think I know which which knee you're talking about. Was it from when I had both my hands clenched on yeah. his head to the right knee? Yeah, I I had like really stepped into that thing. I'm not. I don't know if I hit him in the chest or the gut or what, but I threw it as hard as I could. So, I think yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I think after that, he like was like, "We're gonna wrestle, or I'm not gonna make it." <laughs> yeah. I imagine there's a higher level of satisfaction when you land a body shot like that and you see a guy just kind of double over. You just kind of yeah in all in all the striking sports like a body shot knockout is like superior to a, a headshot knockout it's just it's harder it's less common it's yeah yeah body shots yeah. are nuts and then i mean last kind of like fighting question is uh when do you know when you're gonna be fighting next yet i don't know i don't know yet we're um we're still kind of waiting to hear from bellator about if they want to like sign me to what they call a development deal or if we're going to try to fight with another promotion not exactly sure it's kind of early to tell still but i mean i'm pretty healthy i got a a couple injuries i need to check out here but um i'd like to be back soon you know i'd like to be back the next couple months yeah i mean it would blow my mind if they didn't do that little development deal with you i mean you got two first round tkos i mean i don't know how you're not on the radar you know for some yeah and they like to sign wrestlers too that's like a thing they do kind of they seek out wrestlers so i mean i think i'm a great fit for them um, I think, yeah, I think we'll get something going here. If we can get, if I can get signed to like a steady contract, I can come back regularly three or four times a year and, you know, really get this thing going. 
Yeah, that'd be, be sick. Awesome. Um, you got anything else on fights? Uh, not in the current fights. I do want to ask, uh, <clears throat> what got you into fighting in the first place? Was it, because we know you wrestled in high school, obviously. Was it before you even started wrestling in high school that you knew you wanted to be in fighting in some way? or? No, I started wrestling before I was like aware of what fighting was. I started wrestling when I was like seven or eight. Um, but like sometime around that like middle school, maybe high school range, I had developed um, a liking for MMA for the UFC. I was like a UFC fan. So I started to like think of, my, of myself as possibly being able to do that. I still, for like most of high school, I thought I was going to play baseball in college. And then, like, kind of towards the end of my junior year, senior year, I was getting, like, you know, Division One offers for wrestling and, like, Division Two offers at schools you never heard of for baseball. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know what? I think kind of deep down I, like, want to fight people, like, professionally. Like, it's really, really want to do. It was probably made for. So I kind of made the decision right there that I was going to go wrestle in college and then I was going to fight afterwards. So then kind of going into that then too, because I, I know you got offers from, well, I think it was Duke, uh, Brown, I think UNR as well, right? Um, and then from what I had kind of heard was that you had had that offer from Duke and you had met with them, but they kind of ghosted you. And like right around that same time is when Sean Charles um, kind yeah, of went out to you. Duke stopped getting back to me for some reason. They must have like signed somebody else. I was talking to Cal State Bakersfield a lot. I really like it there. Yeah, there we go. That looks like Cal State Bakersfield. Uh, yeah. I was like, on recruiting trip to Cal State Bakersfield right before I went to my recruiting trip at ASU. And there was, like, to say the least, like a marked difference in the atmosphere at ASU versus Cal State Bakersfield. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to ASU. <laughs> yeah, so what, what was the biggest reason why you went to ASU? Um, so... Uh, for most of the recruiting process, I was being recruited by uh, Sean Charles and Tyrell Todd. And then, like, kind of during that process, the regime, the coaching regime at, at ASU completely changed. And Zeke Jones stepped in. Zeke Jones, the current head coach at ASU, was the head coach of the men's freestyle Olympic team. He's one of the best wrestlers in American history. So he took the reins of that program. Uh, they still wanted to sign me, and I was like, Oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> so I got uh, I got to to wrestle in college under one of the best coaches in the world, legitimately. So it was great. Jesus, yeah. Well, you can't. I mean, you can't argue with that then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, and then um, and so you're going to ASU. You graduated, right? Yeah. You graduated from ASU, and then right now you're currently having law school on hold to pursue your fighting career. Yeah. Yeah, my parents remind me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my man, though. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I'll do some research. I was one of the things across the board was um, that you were wicked smart. Uh, you I mean, I was told told straight A's through like high school, straight A's mostly through all of ASU. Like you weren't you weren't just this this big meathead that could whoop someone's ass yeah. like you were. You had brains, man. A little bit um, since like for most of my fighting career since college, I like have just been working manual labor and like working at bars and stuff. But over the last like year and a half, two years, I've been able to like do freelance writing for uh, this magazine called Skillset Magazine. They're based out of Arizona. So I've been able to kind of keep some of the brain cells I have from drifting away from me. Doing yeah, that. right. So that's yeah. Like, but, but I mean, yeah. Um, 
I, I'm probably not the like uh, what most people would think of when they think about an MMA fighter, but at the same time, I am. I'm kind of a caveman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. The big old brute strength guy. Yeah. And then, um, do you remember uh, your your first fight that you ever got into as a kid? Like, do you remember like how old you were? I don't know if I remember the first one. You get <laughs> like little, answer, yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get in little scraps as a kid that are kind of like there's kind of like a, a spectrum between like full blown fight and like just like shoving, and there's kind of like some in between zones. So it's kind of gray area there. But I definitely got a lot of fights growing up in like elementary elementary school all the way up into high school, and like I used to have a lot of that probably stemmed from a lot of like anger issues and like some insecurity I have, I, or I had that I've since gotten over since I started competing, like really competing actual cage fighting. I haven't been in a street fight. It's just never come up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You never had to. I just avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that will lead to my next question. Uh, so if you get into a fight in public, uh, does, do you face like more serious consequences? Cause you actually like know what you're doing? No, you're maybe held to a higher standard, than like slightly than regular people, but essentially the same rules apply. Like you're not allowed to cold cock somebody unless you're defending yourself. And yeah, if you're like, the, the, the charges aren't gonna be any different as a pro athlete, but if you're a pro fighter and you smoke somebody, like a judge is definitely gonna be more likely to throw the book at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, cause I, so the reason why I asked about you fighting in uh, school and stuff is, I heard this story about uh, this, this kid that, you know, I, Sorry, let, let me scratch that. Let me go back. So I heard that you were never afraid to fight somebody. You weren't, you wouldn't go actively looking for it, you know, but if someone approached you trying to, trying to start something, you wouldn't back down. I probably and, did. Uh, there was a, a specific situation where somebody thought, you know what, I could take this guy. And then apparently you beat the living shit out of him. And he went to school the next day and told everyone that he got kicked in the face by a donkey. Oh God. Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I was, yeah, that was I was one of those examples where I was kind of looking for that one, and uh, we ended up like scheduling a fight at a fucking park. Like it was, you know what I mean? Like stories your dad would tell you about. Yeah. Like, I think I hit this kid with, like a headbutt or something and broke his nose. <laughs> like, Holy the, shit! When you break your nose, your eyes swell up bad, and you get like two black eyes. It looks really bad. So yeah, he had to wear that one at school. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then, um, so, so I just wanted you to let me know. So I reached out to a few people, right? Because I wanted to get some more info on you and stuff like that. And I just kind of want to compare what your answers are to some of your coaches from high school, right? And what they kind of said were some of your greatest strengths. So in your opinion, what do you think is, is uh, just a couple of your, your best strengths as a wrestler? We'll start there first. As a wrestler. I, I hate losing. I'm very hardworking. I fucking hate losing more than anybody you'll ever meet so yeah Yeah, so that one was across the board that was one of them across the board yeah um i think your buddy terry said i've never met somebody that loves to win more than sully hates to lose (laughs) yeah you know he he goes i don't even know if he cares and he wins he just doesn't want to lose (laughs) yeah dude yeah that's true i've got you know and then uh your coach uh coach tomac tomac i think i'm saying it right uh-huh. Um, he said that that was the same thing, man. It didn't matter if you, you know, if someone got a fast one on you and just a drill and practice, you go ape shit. Like you did not like to lose. And that's what, that was one of the things that 
helped drive you, right? To always keep doing better and always challenging yourself. Yeah. On the other side of that, I like didn't respond very well to, to adversity, negative things happening, which happens in sports. So I kind of had to like work on that. But once I kind of reined in the other side of, of that whole thing, then like, yeah, it's like, it's, I'm, I'm hyper motivated because of that, you know? Yeah. I, I would make sense. Agree with yeah. that. And then uh, your coach Hal also said um, that you had just tremendous dexterity for someone that was at 195. I mean, he said you were just as bendable and agile as the smaller guys on your team. You know, he said that you were able to, I think the term he used was you could wrestle on your head. That's a nice compliment. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, I'm like a strong guy, but uh, um, I think part of the reason I've transitioned well into striking from wrestling is that I have a little bit more flexibility and finesse than a lot of uh, grapplers. So I think that's probably true. Yeah. So with the, I want to go back to the, the mental aspect. Do you think that you came, overcame a lot of that more in like college or was it even after that, that it was, you were able to like put it behind? I think it was you? after that. I mean, it was all, it was all part of it, but I think like even since college, I've, I've learned a lot. I've, I've progressed like probably more mentally than anywhere else. You know, I mean, obviously I've learned a bunch of skills since college, but I've really these last like, two, three years feel like I've made mental like leaps and bounds. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, um, so you're, you're a big UFC fan that I'm assuming. Yeah. Right. Who, who's your favorite fighter of all time? Yeah. And you uh, Ryan Bader. When I was a kid, I liked Kevin Randleman a lot, which is a little bit of an obscure one. Um, he was a, he was a crazy good wrestler, wasn't he? Yeah, he was an Ohio State wrestler, and he might have been on some juice. I don't want to talk bad yeah, about it. I know exactly what you're talking about. I want to talk bad about the dead, because um, Kevin's gone, unfortunately. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's just a beast of a wrestler and incredibly ex- explosive and athletic and just, like, physically strong. And he was, like, slam massive people on their heads. It was pretty crazy. I love so, it. I mean, love it's kind of – yeah, now that – as in terms of modern fighters, like, yeah, I, I have a favorite guy. I mean, Bader is my favorite guy because he's my teammate. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, when I was a uh, like, I say I was an even bigger fan of the sport when I was little. I liked Kevin Randleman a lot. Okay, man, I love that. And then, so I mean, now since we're talking about Ryan Bader, so you know, me and Caleb were at a bar one day, right? I've known Caleb for a long time. Me and him are good buds. We're at a bar like three weeks ago, and he goes, "Hey, in like two weeks, you want to get together?" And I was like, "Yeah, for what?" And he goes, "The Bellator fights." And I was like. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. Like wh- why the Bellator fights? Like he's never asked me that before. And he goes, Oh, well, I know a guy, uh, um, that, that's going to be fighting. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. I was like, who is it? And he goes, Sullivan Collie. Well, he messed up your last name, but you know what I mean? And, uh, he goes, yeah, his last win was uh, like a 30 second knockout. And I was like, dude, I've had a podcast for like a year. Like, why the fuck didn't you tell me that, you know, professional fighter? He's like, and then, I mean, you know, I don't know how well you know Caleb, but very kale thing to do. He's like, Oh, I didn't think about it. And I'm like, like you motherfucker. But yeah. So, you know, it's so like, I went on your profile that night and I'm like, that's why I sent you the message. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, same thing. anything of it. Do we message people all the time? You know, we don't get a lot of responses and you hit me back and I was like, all right, cool. Hell yeah. So then I started doing dirt and I was like, Oh shit. Like this guy posted a picture of Ryan Bader. That's cool. And then like right before your fight, you know, you post, I think I was like on your story. You're like, Oh, it's my big brother, Ryan Bader. And, 
So yeah. that's like, how, how was that, that started? Because I know he wrestled at McQueen, but like, I know you guys aren't in the age, you know, same age group. Like, did you meet him at ASU? Uh, yeah. How'd that all work out? He was like already at ASU and an established fighter by the time I got there. I always make fun of him for being a fucking old geriatric. <laughs> but like yeah i was like I, I was like i would say a fan of his when i was in high school and like pre-high school my dad used to always my dad tries to like support athletes from the nevada area right so like he every time bader fought he'd be like go watch this guy he's a nevada guy so we would watch bader so i mean um yeah he's already established i, I went to asu and met him a couple of times just at the mma gym while i was still wrestling but then like you know, after, after I got done wrestling, there was no question about where I was going to go to start fighting. And then we kind of started training together from there. And when I first showed up, I could only wrestle with them because that's how, what I knew how to do. Um, I didn't know how to do anything else. They weren't going to let me spar with the champ, but, um, now, uh, like I'm like his best training partner in the gym. I mean, CB Dalloway is still there with us. And, uh, wow. we, we three kind of just beat the hell out of each other all the time. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome, man. Yeah, so, so you've already been – you've already surrounded yourself. I mean, you had great teammates in high school, right? Joey, uh, Joey LaValle, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, then Terry Mason, I heard that he was amazing as well. Yeah. And now you've been working with some some legends in the UFC world as well. I mean, you're surrounding yourself with just great fighters. Is, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that has to be a big aspect that's helped your game. Yeah, it's a huge aspect of it. you got to have good – you got to have good training partners. you got to get good sparring. And it's nice going into a fight to know that you've – you, you know, you can compete with, uh, with guys like levels ahead of the people you're fighting, you know? It makes a lot of sense to me. I want to switch a little bit. So I know Bellator, you've had a few with like amateur fights as well. How much traveling did you have to do for, for fighting in general? I've done some traveling. I fought in Arizona a few times. I fought in Nevada a few times when I had to travel from here to Nevada to fight. Um, I mean, I fought in Nashville. I fought in Connecticut. I fought in uh, Bangkok, Thailand. I think that's about it. But yeah, yeah fighting will take you all kinds of places. Yeah, that, that was that's one of the things that I've always loved about fighting is that outside of the octagon or, or the ring or wherever you're fighting, you do get that opportunity to travel and like just experience other cultures. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, that. like most of my dog... Desi, who's wondering what I'm doing over here. Oh, hell yeah, dude. What a um, cutie. Yeah. Just give me like five minutes, I'll take you up. <laughs> um, like pretty much every culture, I mean, I don't know if I want to say every, but most cultures have like some form of fighting, you know? It's like a pretty like common thing among humans, you know? So like everywhere you go, you're going to find some type of fighting generally in each form, whether it's Muay Thai or kickboxing or boxing or MMA, they all have their own little like um, idiosyncrasies and like the, like change, like changes in the pageantry or like the, you know, the way the fighters dress, the music that's played, like type of way the crowd acts or like the gambling involved. Like it's, uh, you know, fighting is really cool and, and cultural wherever it is, whatever type of fighting it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, I've only got a few more before we wrap it up. Um, so like I said, right, I was asking coaches, you know, your greatest strengths. Well, I also asked them some of their favorite stories, right? Uh, you know, so I asked, I asked uh, Coach Savage, and um, he said that you guys were playing uh, Bishop Gorman uh, for the state championship, I believe, and you ripped a home run over center field 
at the UNR ballpark, and he says the ball still has not landed. He said that that was his favorite memory um, with you as far as being a baseball player. Um, you know, left-handed hitter with, he said, just massive power. You know, he goes, that was a massive dude with massive power. And he goes, he goes, and I guarantee you right now, they never found that ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I love to hear that. And then um, the other one, it was uh, unanimous across the boards as well. Um, so tell me about your, uh, your championship or the finals, I believe, where you, you lost in Idaho. Do you remember that story? Oh God, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they, they kind of told me about it and we all kind of agreed as a, you know, us three that uh, we think your, uh, your, your UFC name, you know, or Bellator MMA name should be werewolf. Sullivan, the war, the werewolf, man. You gotta, you gotta brand yourself like Rampage Jackson. Hey, Coach, uh, Coach Tomac was saying he thinks yeah. you should walk out with a chain and some things on your mouth guard and everything. <laughs> Uh, well, like I've been saying, I, yeah, I fucking hate to lose. And I, um, you know, because of that, I couldn't handle loss as well for like the longest time, was, you know, since gotten a little more mature and better at that. But yeah, I, I lost a, I lost like a, a tough match against a kid who was like a badass. The kid was like better than me. I don't know. You know, so I lost a match and then just like fucking broke down crying in the back and apparently sounded like a werewolf <laughs> yeah so the the notes i have here was that um you know it was like a three-time champ that you were going up against and uh you were beating him for the most part and then there was just right at the end he just he, he made a little move and he pinned you and it was 70 yards away behind a partition um the whole stadium just heard one noise and they didn't know what it was. And they said they legitimately thought it was just a werewolf. And they're like, oh, never mind. We found out it was just yeah, I know this would be so much more funny if it wasn't me we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, we like to give you shit, um, you know, because, you know, like he was saying earlier, what's he going to do? We're over Zoom. He can't punch us right now, at least. So, you know, we're going to give you this shit and uh, bring that stuff up. But, I mean, honestly, dude, I mean, you, you, you seem like a great guy. Um, one of the things all your coaches had to say about you as well was, you know, the maturity level, you know, coming in at, you know, 16, you transferred in from Douglas going into Reno and the maturity level, you know, you're 16, you know, you're 16 with a drive to win. And you're just a big guy that had a lot of, a lot of uh, aggression. I won't say anger, just aggression. Right. And uh, you know, they all said they, you know, they like to feel that they played a big part in helping you, um, you know, get through that and kind of get to where you are. Cause they said they felt like they saw huge improvement with how you hair, you know, carried yourself. And they said that you guys had a, a quote that you guys live by in the wrestling room of um, once you've wrestled everything else, uh, everything else after that is easy, you know, yeah. and that that was something that was really cool, you know, for me to hear on that aspect of it. And uh, coach Tomac really wanted me to emphasize that, you know, you're a big reason why he loved coaching. Um, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm sure you as well, but just the fact that when they were to teach, you know, their players of athletes and for them to pick it up, understand it, take off with it and use it, not just to change themselves, but, you know, become men out of it, you know, right. Wrestling has a lot of, a lot of maturity and you hold yourself to higher values. Um, he said, you know, seeing Sully do it the way that he did it and really be so successful. That's why they coached. You know, I thought that you should hear that because I thought that was absolutely beautiful thing for him yeah, to say about you. Yeah, those guys, you know, those guys did, did do a lot for me. It was very, very close of mine. 
high school coaches, very close with my high school coaches. Um, and yeah, I think they, they like, um, I think guys like Terry and I like presented them with a lot of work, but, um, they, they did a lot of good for us and helped. Yeah, exactly. Like they said, help grow us into men a little bit and, you know, with what they taught us and what we worked on, we kind of took that to college and had to deal with a little more stress and a little more trouble and then did this kind of did the same thing there. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, like athletics are huge for kids. I mean, at least for a kid like me, like with all the aggression I had, like, I, like there wouldn't like, yeah, without sports, everything would have been a mess. So like, I had great relationships with my coaches generally because they like, who doesn't want to coach a kid who just wants to win more than he wants to fucking breathe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, I had a lot of, I, I was a lot of work for my coaches too, because of the, the, that aggression and that immaturity. So like, I, yeah, uh, the guys like, like, um, Tomac and, and how, and another assistant Kiwi or guys like Savage, like really did a lot for me and like, you know, really can't thank them enough for that. Love to hear it, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love to hear that the, I mean, when you have a kid that has aggression like that, obviously after a little bit of maturing, it's going to turn in, may, turn you into what you are now. It's a total badass. Like so <laughs> that aggression is not going to go away. You just learn how to hone it in the proper way. And it's showing obviously in the last couple of fights and going forward, I imagine. So, yeah. I mean, I think the, the example I gave of not having been in a street fight in yeah. like years, I mean, I used to do that all the time is like, it's a great um, argument for martial arts. You know what I mean? Like, Teaching I'm never going to be a, Yeah, it's uh, it's the it's a Nietzschean idea. Jordan Peterson talks about it all the time. Integrating your shadow. Like, I was never going to be a pacifist. It just wasn't going to work out. Like, yeah, we had to figure out a way to integrate it. Yeah, you you were definitely a hunter back in the day, not a gatherer. That's for sure. Right, exactly. <laughs> hey, yeah, man, dude, looking for your next fight. And I'll make sure we uh, we all tune in for it. Cool. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, yeah, bud. Have a good night, man. See you later. Yeah. All right. Great interview that we just had with Sully. Again, we really appreciate him coming on. Now it is time for segments. We will be getting into boom and bust. Uh, it is going to be very lopsided booms and very lopsided busts this week. I have four busts. Kyle? Um, I've got three booms and one bust. So it was almost four booms. Yeah, so we're gonna jump right into it, Kyle. You start off. We'll start on a high note. All right, dude. My first boom is gonna be hackers. Um, because of your job. It just hit me right now. Um, that that's a, a big bust for my job. Yeah, because I, I, I just noticed that. Um, but this one specifically is uh, <laughs> man, that really just got me. I didn't realize that I, <laughs> I, I did that. Um, Call of Duty. Hackers break into the new anti-cheat system in one day. <laughs> yeah. Sounds uh, they right. said, hey, you guys won't cheat with us anymore. And then they went, mm, we will, and hacked into Call of Duty and cheated them within one day. Yeah. So boom into those hackers. Yeah, I love to hear that. Uh, my first bust is going to be Frank Vogel. So I mentioned it earlier. Lakers, uh, I took shots at you. I will take shots at your head coach as well. Uh, you made a big trade. To go get Russell Westbrook, he was supposed to be the guy that makes a difference. And then he puts up like six points in season debut, and you lose to the Warriors. Uh, and then Frank Vogel takes the blame. Uh, no, don't take the blame. I understand that's probably, you know, like I'm a head coach. It's on me. Normally I'd say that's fair. Not when Russell Westbrook is supposed to be the difference maker to win you a championship this year. 
Ah, I think it was jitters, man. Yeah, first, I, game, I think, first I think, game jitters for Russell Westbrook. I think jitters with just such an elite squad. Seeing the other guys go around him, you know, like... Yeah, he's, not, he's, not, he's playing with great talent, right? No, he's not. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> did play with uh, Kevin Durant and James Harden, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Lakers are going to come through. They probably will. I'm just annoyed because I lost money. Um, Couch, um, which second boom? Number two boom. I mean, uncoincidentally, my number two boom is number two. Mm-hmm. In the NFL, dog, I'm going oh. Derrick Henry. Oh, I thought you were going to say number twos in general. Okay. No, 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 Derrick Henry, man. Yeah. Uh, his stats in his last five games are simply amazing. 145 carries for 715 yards. It's about five yards a carry. Ten touchdowns. Stupid. Ten touchdowns, bro. In five games. That's more than my Madden running backs. Because I just go so hard with like the passing. Yeah. You know, I like to touch to the 700. Yeah. I usually never run, so that's literally... More than my Madden running backs get. Um, but, dude, yeah, 10 touchdowns in five games. I mean, he's on track to have a fucking disgusting year. And we talked about it at the beginning of the year. We didn't think it would be that much. Three years in a row? No. You know, especially with uh, A.J. Green and uh, A.J. Nope. No. A.J. Brown. A.J. Green went to... Uh, Arizona. Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, my bad. A.J. Brown and... Julio. Julio Jones. That's oh, yeah. I mixed oh, yeah. up A.J. Green and Julio. That's who I mixed up. The two veteran elites. Um, but, like, we, you know, we talked about it, adding them on. Like, no way Derrick Henry still gets all of that power. Oh, it's the Ernest Johnson. I, I knew Duke Johnson didn't sound right. Oh, okay. I, I, I saw D. Johnson. Sorry. No, no, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're guys. Yeah, we're watching the Broncos-Browns game, and I picked up D. Ernest Johnson. And uh, anyway, anyway, so back to this. Uh, Derrick Henry, though, dude, he's just – he's on track to have a fucking – Another record year. Yes, I mean, it's, he will. it's absolutely nuts. He will. And at this point, he should just be the number one player in the NFL. Especially with an extra game this season. Yeah, he'll easily crack 2K again. Three which, seasons in a row at 2K, which is ridiculous. And then. And I'm, he hoping, he does, I'm hoping he does it at 16. Just, yeah, just so, to so put that stamp so on So people don't yeah. say anything about yeah. it. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know? Uh, yeah. 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 Cool. My second bust is Chinese media. Uh, it's still sport, it's still sports related. Uh, Chinese media is not going to be showing Celtics games because Ennis Cantor uh, came out with a political statement. He's a very political guy um, about um, like Tibet or like Taiwan or something. I don't know because I don't do enough research. But he said something that made the the Chinese media very mad, um, and now they just won't be showing Celtics games. Uh, and that's a bust to you because if any, if the season's anything like that first game. We're fucking electric. Yeah. And I feel bad for your citizens. <laughs> okay, the second he said Chinese media, I was like, oh, so you brought one in just for Tim, huh? No. <laughs> yeah. But no, still sports related, so you gotta love it. All right, my third boom is gonna be Troy Palomalo and the fan that he um, had this encounter with. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to consider it a bust almost at first for the fan. Okay. Trey, uh, Troy Palomalo... Got a fan to trade him his Seahawks jersey. This is when the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers played Seahawks. Got the fan to trade the Seahawks jersey for Troy's terrible towel. So I at first I was like, well, that's a bust on the fan. But I was like, you know what, dude? If I was in that situation, I would do the same exact thing. That is a $130 yeah. jersey 
for a terrible towel that was Troy Polamalu's while watching the game. Like at, I, at his Hall of Fame induction or like Hall of Fame ceremony. Yeah, like that. That for me immediately turned it into a fucking fat boom because I was like, man, booming to him to get some guy to give a jersey that he's probably gonna throw away. Oh yeah, you know, or he, burn he does or whatever. Not care. And it's I don't not, think yeah. he understood like understood when he did it like that trade, right? I think he was like, get that fucking jersey off. I'll give you this little terrible towel, right? But now that guy's like, if I was that guy, the only difference I would have done would have been sign it. Yeah. Sign it, dude, and let's do this. Because, I mean, that would only be the only thing to make it, like, noticeably spectacular. Yeah. But, I mean, dude, that dude just got a fucking terrible towel at the fucking Hall of Fame introduction. Yeah. Or inductee for Palomalo. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, my third bust is Marcus May, uh, safety for the New York Jets. Uh, he's my bust because he said he wants to continue playing for the Jets. <laughs> so, I think... There's got to be something wrong with him mentally uh, if he wants to keep playing for the Jets. He doesn't see an issue there. Uh, that, that's about. That's all I have for that. Okay. Uh, so my first bust, my last one of today, is Paulo Costa. Um, currently weighing in at 211 pounds. That's fat. Um, as of today, which was yesterday, was Wednesday. Um, said he is hoping for hoping that him and Vittori can fight. They're supposed to fight this Saturday at 185. Yeah, that's not happening. Um, he said, hey, I'm hoping that we can fight at 195 instead of the original 185. Um, Vittori, you know, guys, we posted on our uh, story just a hilarious little interaction between the two. At one point, Vittori literally goes, are, are, you, are, you, are you drunk? He goes, I feel like you have to be drunk right now. And he goes, not yet. <laughs> that, was his, that was his response. But, like, dude, he couldn't even put together a fucking sentence to kind of explain, like, why he's so fat and why he hasn't lost the weight. And, dude, weight cutting right now is a massive issue in the UFC. And I do think pay would help fix that. But as of right now, the fight is still on for this Saturday. I didn't even bring it up in sports news just because it's really not that big of a card. It's not. I looked at the card ahead of time. It's nothing. Yeah, there's really nothing, like, major on there. I mean, I might tune in, but nothing crazy on there. This was the big fight. And now it's not even at the 185. It's going to be at 195. And Costa said, don't make excuses. He goes, if you take this fight, there's no excuses. And I'm like, dude, fuck you, dude. You're such a piece of shit. You're such a bust. You're extremely fat. You couldn't get down to 185 like you were supposed to do. And now Vittori gets 20% of the purse. I think, dude, I think weight cutting should be 50% of the other person's pay. Yeah. Because it's just ridiculous. It's getting out of hand. It's but, like, you couldn't make weight, so I have to make adjustments. Yeah. And now he has to fight with a whole different strategy of 195 instead of 185 and yeah. what he's used to. So everything is there. So now it's a catchweight fight. And Costa, dude, you're just a fat bust, and I, hate, and I don't like you. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, my last bust is the worst franchise in all of sports. And I don't think that that statement is really up for debate. Do you know who I'm talking about? Well, I don't know, man. Are you talking like right the second? Because, man, Buffalo Sabres were pretty bad last season. No, I mean the worst <laughs> franchise, not the worst performing team. I mean franchise top to bottom. Oh, God. Like just as far as they've never succeeded? No, or, I or mean you mean like, just that they're all pieces of shit? Everyone sucks in the entire franchise. Like, as people? Yeah. Physically and performance-wise, they suck. Uh, kind of both. Okay, I don't know. I was it's gonna the Washington football team. 
Um, yeah, okay. So it's the Washington okay. football team. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so obviously they have everything going on right now with uh, naked cheerleader photos and oh, yeah. sending that around in emails. Um, they've had sexual harassment claims for a couple years now with Bruce Allen. Uh, they're not great at the whole football thing, despite being called the football team. Uh, and then just this past weekend, this is what sent it over for me, um, is the fact that they finally decided to retire Sean Taylor's number. Uh, should have been done. He's been dead for 15 years. <laughs> should have been done 14 oh, years ago. Jesus. Um, what number is it? 21. I don't think anyone's ever worn it since. It's a because, solid number though. But. Yeah. I don't think anyone's worn it since because obviously you wouldn't wear it since then. Um, but the fact that it took the franchise that long to retire it, and then they also decided, we'll dedicate a road to him. So they didn't tell his family until they announced the to, to the public. So the family didn't even know that they were retiring his Oh, number. my God. Uh, then they dedicated the street to him. Um, I think there was construction happening on the street. They did the dedication ceremony in front of porta-potties. And then oh my God. when they retired his number on the field at halftime, there was no uh, no speeches given. There was no super deep ceremony. It was just like, yep, yeah, we retired his number. Here's his family. Take a picture and we're done. And then to cap it all off, a lot of people are giving uh, Jackson Mahomes, uh, Patrick Mahomes' brother, a lot of shit. They're giving him a lot of shit because he did a TikTok video where he did a dance on Sean Taylor's retired number that they had painted on the field. Oh my god. And while I will absolutely give him shit, I also think he has not enough brain cells to understand what was happening around him. Um, I just don't think he ever knows what's going on. So you can't really blame him for not understanding what's happening. I will blame the team, though, for allowing him to walk onto the number where there were ropes roping off the number so you no one was supposed to stand on it. And they directed him onto the number to dance on it. Uh, so, like I said, you could put that on Jackson Mahomes, and I would understand, and I wouldn't disagree with you because he's an idiot. But I will put more of the blame on the actual organization that is supposed to know what's happening. Uh, so just top to bottom, I don't think there's a single good thing about the Washington football team, uh, and I don't think that will change anytime soon. <clears throat> um, I will say that that cascaded down to debatably, in my opinion, in 49 episodes, one of the worst busts we've ever had. Everything about that was just heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. It's a damn shame. Oh, Sean my Taylor, God. I told Brittany about it, and she was upset, and that's how I know it's legit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Someone who doesn't give a fuck about it is like, yeah, oh, she, my yeah. God. And I, and I mean, like, just because Sean Taylor is not even an argument the greatest Washington football player of all time. Uh, and he's one of the greatest safeties of all time. And it's a damn shame that his career got cut short like it did. Um, and how, that his how did life he die? Got, yeah, he got shot and killed in a home robbery, home invasion. What number was he? 21. Oh, okay. Not 20. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was it, like, it's a shame because he was standing up for his family uh, and he was trying to protect them and he got shot and had the bullet. There's a whole documentary on it. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. It's a football life. Sean Taylor. He was like an inch away from not dying cause he got shot in the leg and it just happened to hit the femoral artery. <sighs> um, so it's a damn shame that he lost his life, uh, being a fucking hero. And then on a football field, he was a goddamn, f- just a fun guy to watch. 
God entertainment damn, by himself. Um, so, I mean, as an organization for you to not understand how to pay respect to that guy who is the only recognizable Washington football player in the history of your franchise, it's a fucking shame. I mean, when I think of teams as, you know, like, or sorry, players for what teams they've played for, right? Like Alex Smith, I don't consider him Washington football team, right? No. The only other one I could even think of that came from there would be RG3. And even then. No, yeah, and that was just. Because he got hurt. So, yeah, so depressing. (laughs) You only know that because of what he did at Baylor. But, yeah, man, but, oh, oh, that was a terrible one. Yeah. All right, well, a little uh, little breaking news booming uh, fucking Dearness Johnson. Um, Absolutely destroying this Broncos D. Yeah, I think we've learned a lot about the the Browns offensive line tonight. Yeah, God damn. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. That is it for this week's episode. We appreciate it, as always. Again, if you guys could tune into that football episode, we would very much appreciate it. We love when you guys can tune in for all of that. Um, But that's going to be it for this week. We'll catch you guys next week. Love you guys. See you next week. Hopefully, um, we're thinking Tim will be on on that one. Um, We got our thing set up where he should be able to tune in for it. So, uh, hopefully, next week's all three of us again. And uh, distance can't keep us apart. So, love you guys.